Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Dizzle. And today we're going to be doing a review of Imperium Classics. Maybe talk a little bit about Imperium oh, yeah. Legends. Okay. Then we're going to be doing our top five deck builders. So thanks for joining us for episode number 86. Oh. All right, residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean, and he's he's making some faces. He looks a little uncomfortable. His sweat is beating on his forehead. Dean. Oh. oh. <laughs> Why is that, Dean? I'm really glad you introduced those videos to my life. Or to, is, is TikTok, is that what it's on? It is on TikTok, okay. but you can see it on other things. I gotta figure out the guy's name here <laughs> while you're while you're doing that. But go ahead and explain this, this to me. This guy, I, yeah. Again, we don't know his name yet, but he eats these like crazy hot things, and it's like, let me eat these hottest peppers, and then I'm gonna dip them in hot sauce, and then wash it down with like a big glass of hot sauce, <laughs> or like it's crazy. This guy has to be destroying all of his insides, right? Dude, like. It, you know, the funny thing is, is not only that he is just eating some crazy amounts of this stuff, is that if you heard at the beginning, like, <laughs> oh, he makes these ridiculous noises while he's doing it. And it is, it is absolutely hilarious. Is it not? Oh, it's, oh yeah, it's fantastic. And I've seen, I saw a compilation on YouTube the other day and it was like six of those videos and I just was laughing the whole time. But the thing is here, okay. <laughs> should we like should should I don't we know how well try pick to pick it up there. i know well i'm trying to what i'm trying to do is find out what this guy's tiktok is so that everyone's not just sitting around going uh well that sounds really fun john and dean <laughs> uh, let me pull it up as you continue to talk here Kinda so like you have the, to have some filler for me can you yeah. fill <laughs> i definitely can but i'm gonna be talking about this guy here's here's what i think john some people that eat super hot things, I don't think they have that same, like, this is super hot feeling anymore at some point. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. if I think this guy's faking. That's what I think. I think he's you faking think so? being in pain. Oh, yeah. Because he's probably eaten so much of it that it's just like nothing now. He's, yeah, that's probably right. He has no taste buds. Yeah, that's probably right. Or esophagus. He probably has some sort of, like... He's like a cyborg now with a with a metal esophagus, maybe. You think? I mean, don't I, I think that like you got to have some problems, right? Yeah, that has to create some type of problem. And I don't want to be crass, but man, the aftermath of that, dude. That's exactly what I was oh. thinking. I'm like, how can, Oof. how can you do that? Like, I mean, how can you sit on the toilet that long the next day? And I don't know how you avoid it. Ha that. I mean, there's like, no right? way. There's literally no way. I, maybe he should not do sound effect videos of <laughs> of that happening, but I would imagine the noise would be. Yeah, pretty no, similar. I would appreciate him not doing that part. Yeah, <laughs> but that noise. Ugh. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. I can't figure out what his TikTok is. If you Google, I'll just say this: if you Google, like I just Google Pepper Guy TikTok, it mostly pulls him up. If you see a guy, an older guy with glasses in a beanie, and you start hearing him go, oh. <laughs> Then that's exactly who we're talking about. It's worth it, okay? It's uh, worth it. You need to go check that guy out. Hopefully, by the end of this podcast, I am going to 
give you his TikTok. But I would say that, you know, our audience probably doesn't do a lot of TikTok. Would you say that, Dean? <laughs> like, I feel like our... our I don't like, know. And I just say that to say, like, our primary demographic is about our age. And about around 40. You, you think, think, you think around 40-year-olds, 35 to 45, you know... Do you think that they do that? You, you think that you they TikTok? TikTok? You have a TikTok account, You know, right? I, I did some videos at one point in time. I never get on it. It's I'm not interested in it, really. Yeah. I'm not hating on it. I'm just not that interested. I'm not it. super interested in social media in general. And I, I, part of me wishes that I was. I, I mean, I get on social media and I, you know, talk to people and stuff like that. But it's... I'm very much a face-to-face talker. Like, that's, that's my jam. And so most of social media is not that appealing... I, I want to be entertained. So that guy's entertaining and I would like, maybe I would like TikTok for those type of videos, mm-hmm. but not enough that I'm going to get an account for it for sure. Yeah. Well, there you go. Why was I, why was I, why was I called Johnny Dizzle? We got to play some games with How about it? the brand Dizzle. How about it? So part of our Patreon thing is if you, you know, basically we are selling ourselves in our game time so that people pay us money so that we play games with them. Sounds like a pretty good deal for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Brent Dizzle just stopped his support. Yeah, like, that's it. Wait a minute. It's over. It's done. So I know he's not doing it just to play games with us. He's just an awesome guy. Um, but he's one of our patron supporters. And so one of the tiers is you can play a game with Dean and John. We thought we would just chat really quickly about, Playing the game the other night. Played O-Yokohama yeah, is what so, he chose. So we threw out, we, play, we played this on Board Game Arena. We threw out, I don't know, maybe six options or something yep. like that. And at the last minute, one of the ones I was like, hey, Yokohama might be fun. And that's actually the one that he selected. He Well, let me rephrase that. I don't think Brandon, Brandizzle selected that. I think he threw it out for some people and they selected that. For oh, really? Pick. I think that's what he said. That's cool. So we played Yokohama, and we got started at about nine o'clock mm-hmm. p.m. Yep, Central Time. That's, That's when we were super supposed to start, but we did have to get into the game and yeah. chatted it up a little bit and stuff and, like that. And he had never played it before, so we we kind of explained it. Which Yokohama is not a super easy game to explain because there's a whole lot going on. Kind of like one of the games, the the game we're going to talk about yeah. later, Imperium, but. I think overall, like he he grasped it really well, much better than me apparently. But <laughs> the guy who was teaching it couldn't actually play it very well. But that's that's what we did. So we we taught that, and I, I had a good time. It was it was fun getting to know the brand Dizzle and and you know playing a game and having him whip me. I think John, you won this game, right? You won. I did, I did. Um, and Dizzle came in second, and you came in dead last. Dead last. Yeah. yeah. Um, because of the end game scoring, it's good. You know, I don't understand what it is. Dean beats me all the time. I mean, we played some games the other day and Dean waxed me two games in a row, but when the lights turn on, when it's in front of other people, he folds like a deck of cards and I shine like the stars. This was not a live playthrough. What are you talking about? (laughs) This was just a normal game with a friend. You think that I was, I was... You think that I was like nervous? Yeah, you were nervous, about, and that's what happened. You're like, man, I, I want to impress this Brandizzle guy. Here's what happens, John. It's every time that I have to teach a game in front of not not even in front of people that doesn't have anything to do with it. Every time I have to teach a game, 
and I'm talking through the turns that I'm taking, I, I almost always lose. You taught me two games yesterday, and you whipped me in both of them. But I didn't have to talk through my turns. That's probably And I why. wasn't, like, looking out for you to make the right decisions. You weren't, because I was making all the wrong decisions yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you got um, that right. Hey, update. The TikTok guy is Westy, your bestie. What does that even mean? Uh, maybe his name is Weston, or maybe he has a West Highland Terrier. Right? Westy, your bestie? That's exactly right. Oh, I see. W-E-S-T-Y-Y-O-U-R-B-E-S-T-I-E. Like, he is my my bestie. 1.6 million followers. How okay. about that? That's All ridiculous, right. isn't it? Can I tell you huh? about the movie I watched last night? Do you, you want to know one last thing? And then we'll, we'll go there. How about Westy, your bestie? Someone, someone asked what his net worth was, and they were saying, based on YouTube, over $400,000. Can you imagine just like... Not worth it. It's not. It's not. I don't it's think like, it is. I mean, I, even a million dollars wouldn't be worth what's happening to his body, probably. Right. That can that can eventually like just destroy your insides. Am I? I'm right about that, right? Like your esophagus I don't know. would be like maybe nothing. Not. It's all natural. Oh, not the not. Well, they're probably chili extracts is the sauce. Ooh. So it's probably natural, maybe. Mm. So I don't know. All right, what were you gonna say? We do get to board games here pretty soon. Sometimes I like to talk about movies that I watch, and this is oh, what yeah. you need to check out, John. Do you remember the movie She's All That from back in the nineties? <laughs> yes. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I watched that a decent amount. That was a great movie. And the I hate those movies now, but whenever I was like a teenager or whatever, like the whole teen drama stuff was yeah. like was you know clueless and all that stuff. I'm not gonna lie. Yes, I did watch those movies, and I thought they were pretty good absolutely yeah and and so in that movie dean is the main character who goes to prom i don't with, even remember what happens to that in that movie or he's not the main character he's actually one of the other characters but he goes to prom with laney and i went to prom with a girl named lane which i thought was cool because that movie came out the same year that's true that. that's the only reason i found somebody from my high school named lane so that i could go to prom and i'd be just like she's all that <laughs> <laughs> that's not right but I, it is right that i did do that for prom that i went to prom with lane do you do you are you in contact at all with lane at this moment no she was the sister of one of my best friends from high school she okay. is the sister of one of my best friends from high school so that that was the, the if you saw there. her would you be happy to see an old friend or would it feel a little bit awkward I don't think it would feel awkward. Yeah, I think it was it, one of those relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were yeah. all we we had a a pretty close friend group and she was she was a part of that group for a while. Um there's a new movie called He's All That. Have you seen that? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Please no. Uh, He's All That. And it's the Seriously? same idea of a movie except set in like the reason why I thought of this cuz you're talking about social media. It's the the main character is a girl who's like she's a she's all into the she's an influencer right yeah. on on social media i don't know if they named what the social media was but anyway yeah. she's an influencer on that in high school and brought me back to my old high school days and i was like i was watching it with my <sighs> wife so i wasn't that creepy watching a like teeny bopper sure. movie <laughs> you were watching it by yourself but the reason why i thought of it honestly is because matthew lillard's in that movie and he was in the original too oh i like him he was lot. at gen con this past week did you see that no, but I actually really loved his him in movies. Me too. Yeah, I think he's fantastic. But he is a uh, he's a big D and D guy. I saw that really? he was at Gen Con, Gen Con, and I was like, oh man, I wonder if he's a board gamer. But he's a he's a D and D person who does a lot of those like, you know, videos like D and D videos with those big groups. Like I think Critical Role, those type of groups. Interesting. I'm on his Twitter right now and seeing that is true. 
Did you think I was lying? No, no, no. Oh. I didn't think, no, I was. I was just. I was <laughs> actually fact checking over there. No, I was trying to actually see like how much he was into it, and he's very much into it. Oh, hardcore! Like, yeah. I, I just uh-huh. wondered if it was like, yeah, kind of do some one-offs here and there, but no, it looks like he is like super into it. Yeah, it would have been cool. Wasn't he Shaggy in Scooby Doo? He was. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. He had a lot of different roles. Yeah, he's... I mean that wasn't my favorite of his by any stretch. When he was in like Hackers. Oh yeah, Hackers. That's right. Yeah, he was in a lot of really good like. I, thought he was great yeah that's awesome man that is cool uh speaking of that then we will get to our board game is that a movie you want to watch uh no (laughs) uh not ever i don't even i won't go back and watch any of those she's all that or any of that stuff either Uh, but i will watch a movie that i shared with my 11 year old for the first time this week the goonies oh yeah so he watched goonies and he was uh he liked it he liked it but you know what he liked maybe as much i showed him encino man Oh, he liked Encino Man he as much as... He loved Encino... Like, dude, like... As I'm not much even, as Goonies? Dude, Pauly Shore is hilarious oh, in that. absolutely. He's teaching uh, um, Brandon, Brandon Fraser the, like, four food groups. Do you remember that? Uh-huh. He's going through, like, the, the candy aisle, and he's like, keep it cruising, keep it cruising. <laughs> I'm the weasel. <laughs> dude. He was the best. Dude, it's... I love it's Pauly Shore. hilarious. Like... Sometimes I go back and watch stuff that I thought was funny as a teenager, and it's not that funny. Oh, dude, Polly Shore is hilarious. <laughs> Keep it cruising. Uh, <laughs> all right, man, that bring back, brings back some good memories. I used to watch all those Polly Shore movies with my with my sister. Yeah, uh, Encino Man. Go watch that again if you haven't seen it. I mean, it's not you know going to earth shatter you, but it's a solid movie. It's a like I'll, I'll enjoy it the whole way through. Brendan Fraser's really good at it. Sean Astin. Like there's Should a lot of good players. Should we do top five? Let's do top five uh, Polly Shore movies at some point. Okay, I got to go back and watch them though. Okay. All right. So our board game poll probably took us like an hour in this episode. And new people, if you're listening, are like, man, I just want to listen to about board games. But no, why they don't. Wouldn't you want to hear about Polly, Polly Shore, Shore and she's all that? Like, who wouldn't want to? He's all listen that. to that. He's ugh. That just <laughs> I just don't like that. It's the guy from uh, oh from gosh. Cobra Kai. Do you watch Cobra Kai? No. Okay. I should. How do you? It's really good. So this poll is actually Matt Walker, who is in our guild, asked this question, and we got a lot of feedback on that in the guild, I believe. And I thought it was a really interesting question to open up a thought about weight in board games. And so Matt asked the question. Oh, excuse me. Matt is the king of asking good questions and engaging in the guild, by the way. That's right. Throw that out there. So the question is, how do you perceive difficulty in board games? Um, Rule complexity was number one. Strategic depth was number two. And the other one was basically rules that kind of overrule standard rules of a game. On Twitter, I had to write fiddly rules because I have a very short, short, um, answer that you can put there but that's kind of what it is right like it's like yeah but if you do this and you have to change it this way or there's a r- standard rule there yeah but if you're this faction it's got to be like this or if you're this it overrules that i think that's the idea that he was getting at right dean maybe complex more than fiddly um well the, the problem is is number one answer like was rule complexity yeah but it so is, it's, it's it, i know it kind of goes I mean, maybe into not rule ma- not rule Complex rules, but complex um, mechanisms, maybe. Like, maybe. that's different, right? I don't know. Okay. Anyways, ahead. what do you think they said? Rule complexity, strategic depth, or like the rules that override other rules? This is a tough one. I think rule complexity. I'm going to go with that. What percentage? Mm, 40. It was 
Okay. Rule complexity. Oh, was that? All right. Yeah. Um, what do you think second is? I would say the... Mm, I would say maybe fiddly rules. It actually was strategic death, but they were really close. Like okay. It was 23 okay. to 16%. 23.6 to 16.4. Um, and I actually think that that was mostly because of the guild. I think on Twitter... I'll pull this back up. Pull this tab up. On Twitter, the fiddly rule... When I wrote fiddly rules, it actually got higher. So I don't know if like that was... There was something going on there, if that's just the Twitter folks that were saying that. But how do you, what do you do, Dean? So we get, and this is like a, this is a question. We go to Board Game Guild. Most people, Guild, Geek, most people here on this podcast love board games. And they, you have to go to Board Game Geek if you love board games, right? Yeah. If any of you don't ever go to that page, send an email to meepletownmail at gmail.com and tell us you never look at Board Game Geek because... I just don't know if the, that's like a, it's like a, a unicorn. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, I'm guessing most of them probably found us from board game geek. Probably. I probably. Would, I would guess. Maybe it just like, unless you're my sister who listens Everyone's to the like, podcast. <laughs> she enjoyed the beginning session. If she, she likes the banter. She probably turns it off with the board game stuff. Yeah. Although she loves board games. She's not like that into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what what is your your personal thought on this? Like if you Rules I know complexity. That that's what I think of because for me for me the the depth of strategy it doesn't feel as heavy if the rules aren't as heavy. Does that make sense? Mhm. So that that's for me. But here's the thing, you and I and and Brandizzle when we were playing games the other night, we talked about this. I've actually never waited a game on BGG before. And, I I, and I, I think Brandizzle said that he hadn't either yeah. if, I, if I remember right. I have for sure. Yeah, and so for me, I hadn't thought enough about it. Other, uh, I probably should because I I get value out of other people yeah. doing it. So anyway. I don't do it regularly. Almost only whenever I go, that's not right. <laughs> let me re, let me balance this a little bit, or I feel like it's not right. Obviously. Oh, you're that guy. You yeah. give things ones and tens. No, no, no. Uh, I don't do. I don't go to extremes to balance it. I put what I think it actually is. Yeah, yeah. I don't give it a one because I think it's way lighter and it's a four or anything. It's a um, five scale, right? Is that what? yeah? Okay. It is. So I actually agree that I would say rule complexity, though I do think that, like, and I think these are kind of intertwined, like the idea of standard rules being changed by others or whatever, kind of fiddly-ish rules. That is, that does make a game feel way heavier in my, and I'm saying my um, opinion on on what heaviness is a lot. Like, remember, like, learning Dungeon Pets? With were you over there at Jonathan's house that one day? Uh-huh. It felt like a lot because there was like, well, this and you have to do that and you have to do that, and I was just like, ugh. And like that's with um, what's his name's games? Uh, um, oh, I'm gonna mess up his name. <laughs> Dad sneezes. All yeah, right. Through the ages, please exp- please say his name for I jack it up. Through the ages, Dungeon Pets. Mm-hmm. Hmm, what's his name? Galaxy. Uh, Vlada Cavadal. Cavadal. Okay, I, I was. Cavadal. Yeah. I think is. Um. I find that in several in, in 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 some of his games, like there's a lot some of that kind of stuff. Um, it's actually why I haven't been playing through the ages as much lately. I like that game a lot, actually. I, I think he's a really good designer or a good designer for me. Here's what for it my is. Taste. Here's what it is for Not, me, John. And well, funny enough that we're talking about this when we're going to be talking about Imperium. Yeah, Classics. it's perfect. So for me, a game feels heavier if I have to keep referring back to the rule book. That, okay. That, that it's not like that's a good you know that's, that's an interesting not like point. a uh, and every time that's the only condition, right? Sure. That's just something that I've noticed. If I keep having to refer back, 
oftentimes it's going to feel not as interesting to me because it, it breaks that immersion and yeah. immersion is a big part of it for it me. Does. But, but sometimes that's the case. And I, I brought up Imperium because that is a game where a lot of the information is on the cards. And so it actually doesn't feel as heavy because of yeah. that, I think, although it is a heavier game. Well, I think I really think that's good. That's a really good point because whenever I'm playing a game, some games can feel heavier if let's just say even with, Imperium, if there are like terminologies that kind of sound the same, but they do different things. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if there was, this isn't in this, but there's revolt. But if there was like retake, you know what I mean? Like, okay, what's the difference between those two? Or you know what I mean? Or revolt versus, you know, when you're having to, yeah, I, I, I agree with that actually. It's like this, I'm, I'm doing, I'm getting my real estate license. Like I get confused whenever there's a lot of terminology that sounds the same, but they mean different things. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ah, oh, what is that? So whenever there's just like, there's just certain games that even though they have a decent amount of rules, the iconography, everything just feels so clear. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't feel that heavy because, and I think that's why a lot of worker placement games are like that. Like there may be a ton of options, but you know, if you go here, you get two stone. That's not that complicated. If you go here, you get this. If you go there, even though there may be a lot of different things, that factors into it for me as well. Whenever, I don't know if that's right. Because like I don't feel like A Feast for Odin is super complex, except for, yeah, it can feel like that way because there's so many different yeah. options. Yeah. And so that's whenever I start to lean towards strategic depth, maybe. like Yeah. It's a yeah. combination of yeah, the two for me. absolutely right. I totally agree. But I do feel like my initial feelings about it have to do with, oh, God, that took forever to learn, and I'm looking back in the rule book, and over and over. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Are we are we done with this? Are we still going? We're done. What have you been playing lately? Did anybody else say anything on that? I you, just, oh, yeah, let's do that. You want So I think, if I remember right, you had, uh, Steph Hodge popped up as making a comment. I didn't read it because I tried to stay no, away from No, she the just polls, said but. that she didn't like the way the question was worded um and, and part of it probably had to do with like me having to change it to fiddly rules i don't know if that was it or not but she says um how do you perceive a board game rule book which kind of i mean maybe some of the stuff that we're talking about she said she definitely calls games fiddly even if the rules aren't so even if the rules aren't aren't fiddly aren't like, fiddly okay yeah, like that, oh, but you could say that you. it's fiddly i think that comes back to like teotihuacan where like what you were doing isn't that fiddly except for the rule book the rules aren't that fiddly, but you just keep forgetting to do it. Maybe it's a combination of fiddly rules and and mechanisms. Maybe if if it's if it's fiddly rules and complex rules, it's going to go way high, probably up for complex or for weight for me personally. And that's your jam. You love that. I do not like fiddly rules. Okay. I don't like fiddly rules. But you like heavier games. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I, I, lately, I just haven't as much. Through the Ages is, is one that does have that, though. I mean, there's a lot of fiddly things to that. And that's why I haven't been playing as much. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's actually what didn't even make my top 50 this last year, I don't think, where it was, like, pretty high. I'm just like, it's it's the same thing as what we're going to, we're going to kind of all, having a lot of same conversations that we're going to talk later on Imperium Classics, it's a dead gum long game, way longer than Imperium Classics. It feels so long, I'm just like, I just don't want to play this anymore. Okay. And it has a lot of like fiddly rules on this and that. If this happens, that. And I've just gotten to the point to where I'm like, I'm selling it. Who are you right now? I'm changing. This John from a year ago will be all up in your face. Probably. Saying, what are you doing? I'm just kidding. I don't know, man. I, maybe it's just because like we have so many games with Meeple Town we're doing nowadays. I just don't feel like learning some super complex game anymore. Okay. 
It may just be Meeple Town. You just you know you know what I'm saying. Oh, I 100. Like there's know games over the, this game and that game. We got to do that game and review that. And it's just like oh, I do not want to learn a 4.0 game unless like I'm jacked about it. You and know, we don't Suey have. comes out with a game. Yeah, I'm gonna learn. We don't have any lifestyle games, and that's the other thing. Yeah. Like if somebody is you know if that's all you play is through the ages, that actually sounds kind of good. You know, <laughs> like yeah. it sounds not that game specifically necessarily, but a game where you're like. This is the only game that I play. I only play Feast for Odin. You know, I play it once yeah. a week or something like that. That that sounds pretty appealing. Yeah. Anyway. So, man, just honestly, let's move on. Like, there's some really good thoughts, but it's it's really hard to make them succinct, like to share in the guild. If you go to the guild, um, yeah, there's several really good thoughts. I just, we've been going for a while. Let's, let's talk about what we've been playing. We really have. <laughs> go look at the guild and check it out. And um, so there's some good conversation there. So what have we been playing lately? Well, we played Yokohama with Brandizzle. I'll talk about a game that I played with. Did you enjoy playing? I know you enjoy playing it with Brandizzle. Did you enjoy the game Yokohama? Still love the Yokohama. Absolutely. It, it really reminded me of how much better that is at a three-player count. Because I've played it a lot at two with my yeah, wife. Uh-huh. And that extra player. The, there are more like um, locations to go to. But the, the blocking and, and going through and stuff just seems a lot more interesting and a higher player count. And we had to fumble through a couple of the rules because we, for me, I kept getting the dual rules mixed up with Yokohama. That, mm-hmm. Anyway. But a game I got to play in person with, I think I played this. This is a two-player game I played with Jonathan. So uh, last week, I think it was, I got to go to a game night that he had at his house. And we played a game of Ankh, by the way, a four-player game of Ankh okay, with yep. Jonathan and... The 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 Keith Piggott, right? And our another friend of ours at Tway. And that was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed that. It reminded me. And they did not hate the merge mechanism, I think. Okay? That's good. I, there will be people that don't hate it, you know? It's just... I had fun. And I was the one that was merging. And we almost came back and won, but we did not. All right. But the other game... Hey, that I let, me, let me... Can I say something real quick? No. No. I just... I just want to. <laughs> Why'd you ask? Just say it. I'm curious about this. <laughs> so whenever you posted the onk, uh, there was a response to a, a thing that said, I think the whole anti-merge s- sentiment. And if you're listening to this, I'm not going to say your name because I don't want to, I don't want to, um, is from folks who haven't played the game enough. But the comment was glad you had fun. Still need to play my copy. If you haven't played the game and that's what it sounds like, maybe you've played somebody else's copy. But to say that I think it's from folks who haven't played the game enough. And if you haven't played the game it's kind of a silly comment. Whoa, burn from John. <laughs> like, but no, no, but I'm, I'm teeing it up. That's why I'm not saying their name because they super could have played the game a bunch of times with other people. Sure. Yeah. But I just, I'm just going to say when I read that, I was like, uh, I wouldn't be making comments about what other people think <laughs> if you haven't played it yourself. I don't agree with that sentiment <laughs> anyway because, I mean, you could hate it after one play and know that you hate it. It doesn't, playing it 20 times might not change that for you. I agree. Yeah. Now, now it could. I'm not Al- one who hates it, by the way. No, so. it could alter it a little bit. Like, you could, like, warm up to it. Like, hey, yeah, I like that a little bit better than I thought. You could also hate it even more than you did before. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's just that the anti-it or the pro-it is just total player preference. Yeah. 100% yeah. in Ankh. And you're either going to, I mean, you, I think you're either probably going to like it or or not. Here we go again. Or you might like it a little bit. You might I stopped. No, I stopped. <laughs> Just there, yeah, I'm sure right. there are a few people that might be like whatever, but I think for the most part, it's like a, kind of a love or hate relationship. Well, I like it with the right people. As if I you, said. Yeah, and if you love it, and I think I would like it with the right people too. If you love it and like it, great. If you don't, you don't. Okay, but I'm not I'm not talking about Ankh. We did have fun playing that game though. Okay. What I'm talking about is Brew. Do you know anything about Brew? 
Uh, had a few brews last night. Yeah, you would think this game is about. I didn't actually. You would think this game would be about maybe beer, mm-hmm. maybe potions. There are potions, potions in this game, yeah. but what a weird title for this game. I'm so sorry. Brew does not seem to fit the title of this game, like okay. what you're doing in this game. So you are you are brewing potions, okay? But you're also collecting these magical creatures. You're like training them. You are, it, this is a dice placement game. So you're going to roll your dice. You're going to put them out on these different locations that will give you, again, train animals to um, get ingredients for potions. And you're, a big part of the game is that you are gaining these locations. So I'll put my die on this location card. And I will gain something from that, either train an animal or ingredients for the potion, okay? Mm-hmm. But it's more than just that because you are also having area control happen on those cards, area majority happening on those cards. So okay. at the end of the round, if I have the most dice in this location, I'll actually gain that location. And then when I re- whenever I retire my trained animals, I can retire them. I have to retire them to these cards that match the color of the animal, the, the okay. animal and the type of the card has to match up. And that is kind of the crux of the game. The, the potions that you brew are going to change the rules. They're going to, you know, let you re-roll your dice. They're going to let you do lots of different things. That in, in the other part of the, the training, the animals is that they give you a, a bonus that you're like, a, I can place my die on this card or I can now, Every time this thing happens, I'll gain a wild resource or something like that. So that's what those trained animals are going to mm-hmm. do. They're going to be the engine building part of the game. Mm, uh, that's a pretty brief you, explanation. You are not excited about playing this game because I remember bringing this up to you in the past and you're like, meh. Yeah. Uh, the theme didn't really like, it didn't really jazz me. It's something about it didn't really draw so me did, to it. Did, did it change? Did, did While you were playing, it actually changed your thoughts? Like, you're like, wow, this is actually pretty good. No. <laughs> no, it didn't. And and it's not, I don't think okay. this is a bad game. I had fun playing it. Uh, it's just, I think it didn't really like, it didn't wow me with like anything new. Mm-hmm. And and that's a me thing. Cause I know there's a lot of people that really like this. Jonathan liked it. He liked it better than, than Ankh. You know, out of the two games that we played really? that night. Mm-hmm. What's the weight on that? It's a pretty light game, right? Yeah, it's a light game. This is a, a 2.33 game. But I think it's he just like it. playing wow. it. I was like, did he just not like Ankh? He liked Ankh, though, right? He said he did. But when I saw so his he, scores that he rated them, he rated this higher. Okay, can you tell me what he... he Just throw it out there. What did he tell you? I don't remember. He gave Ankh a 6.5 or oh, 6 so he or really something like, like that. Ankh. And this was like a maybe a 7.5. Wow, seven, I like it a lot better like than that. that. Something like that. But, yeah, it's just... It didn't he's probably do hating anything. that you said that. He's probably cringing because he's like, yeah, but I haven't played it enough. And you just told the whole world. Well, you, he, he has a live blog where everyone can read it. Let me tell you That's where I read it. I, yeah, I, oh, he actually puts it like after. Yeah, he puts it on the blog. It's his like shelf of shame list. And then it's a geek list, I guess, where he, he talks about the games that he's played and just gives his initial rating. It's not like his final rating, but it didn't do anything that spectacular, I guess. And not that games have to do that, but I'm like, there's lots of other dice placement games. There's other worker, you know, area majority type games Mm -hmm. that I would rather play. And this just didn't. I don't know, something didn't really like grab me. It wasn't like, oh, I have to play this game more and more to explore it. I feel yeah. like, no, oh, I'm good. I'm good with it. So it was a fine game. It just didn't really grab me like some other ones do. You think if you like like lighter weight games and stuff like that, that, that might be something to check out or did it not really do anything really super special for you? I mean, it did. I mean, people, it's at a 7.3 
rating on BGG, which okay. is that's good, right? That's a that's a good rating, yeah. pretty high. So there are people that really like this game. Okay. But it's just, you know, there's other games in this genre that I would rather play. So Yeah. But that's just that's just me. What have you been playing? All right. So, um hey, do you know whenever like you're working in the, you know, shop or you know, you've changed your oil. That would be something simple. But your hands get really dirty. And okay. you're just like, I can't get the stuff off of the hands. Like, it's really... They made a board game about that. It's called Goo Gong. I'm guessing this is a, a joke. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and so that's what... I want to talk about Goo Gong. And so in this game... I don't think that's the same Goo Gong. You have a mechanic shop. And as you finish your turns, you have to get this stuff called Goo Gong and, like, get enough of it to clean, cleanse your hands in your face it's a worker placement game should i just keep going um maybe not okay we've already gone we're, we're pretty we gotta, we're gonna have to Oof. speed this up okay no more playing around that's just that's what the whole podcast is like that's all we have to do <laughs> i'm not i mean i quit if we can't play around <laughs> oh all right so i played Gugong. Uh, i picked this up from somebody on um, facebook marketplace which is the forbidden city, not the stuff that you put on your hands. That's there, right. right there we go. Um, so for reals, uh, I picked this up. It's been something that like Jonathan and there's been other people. Dean's mentioned it before. Yeah. Uh, that have said, "Hey, that's a solid game. It's a tasty minstrel game." And every time I play it, like not every time, most times I play a tasty minstrel game. I'm like, "Oh, that was cool," and then I sell it. Right? Like what? I mean, eventually, like you know, didn't they do Crusaders Altiplano and no, they did Orleans, not Altiplano. They have it now. Okay. Or did they? Something. Yeah, Orleone is, is not one of those. Is that right? Yeah, I forgot I about mean, that. I mean, Yokohama is TMG. No, you're right. But I'm saying, like, I'm thinking of games like, well, there's a lot. I can get, like, Crusaders, I said that I will be done. Like, Gold West. Like, good, fun, solid game. Nothing I get. I still got it, though. So that's one I didn't just sell immediately. Um, I gave you that game. I traded you. What did we trade? I gave it to you. Straight up gave it to you. I don't think so. Seriously. Did you? I did. Yeah, out of the kindness of my heart. I don't even remember that. Thank you. I'm kind. Mm. Uh, uh, Imminent Domain. <laughs> humble. It, speaking of, we're going to talk about deck builders. Imminent Domain. Fun, fine game. Like, I feel like a lot of their games are like in that like seven and a half, eight for me. Like, I like them. They're cool. They're fun. Does, is this game going to stay? I'm just trying to build up a little bit of drama for that. In Gugong, what you're going to do <laughs> is you're going to have worker placement spots out on the board that are going to do different things. They like give you jade or let you travel, which helps you, you know, pick up different things you're going to be building the great wall and whoever has, it's like a area majority at the end of when the when you've built up enough of it you know whoever has the most gains victory points and does a few things then you wipe it clean if you are the winner if not you keep some people on there and you keep doing that over and over in the game you can go and build up your ship to be able to get different things and stuff like that i'm not going to talk about all that there's a little engine building so it's like one of those games kind of like Trajan. you got a lot going on on the board this does that that does that this does this this does that but they intertwine with each other uh, the crux of gugong i think that's interesting about it is when you play an action there's cards that are on every single worker or spot section of the board you have to play a card that's higher than that number and the numbers go up through nine unless a one beats a nine uh, which is just like what was that game that we played showdown tactics a one oh, beats right, a nine. Yeah. it doesn't uh -huh. beat a nine but allows you to play that on there so um there's going to be times where you've got your hand of cards and you're like shoot I really want to play that action, but I don't have a card higher than that. Now, you can play the card. You're just going to have to give up some of your workers, basically. I don't know if you want to call it workers. Or n just pick that card up 
go to your discard pile and you can't do the action. Mm-hmm. So there's ways around it, but I think those decisions are really intriguing in the game of where do I want to go at what time? Do I want to go here even though I don't love the action, but I love that card and I'm going to get the play of that next round? Or mm, I just really need to do this action and it's going to cost me to do it, but I if I do it right now, I can win this great wall and I can get the points. Um, wow, I could go I need to go do the ship thing because that can allow me to get another card like in my hand, which would be huge for the rest of the game to go ahead and have that. It feels super tight. Like you're always feeling like, oh man, I, I want to do this, but I want to do that. And it has that like failed feel to me to where like, because of the number thing, you don't just look at the whole board often and go, well, I can do eight different things. You're kind of going, there's one thing in your mind you might want to do, but based on the numbers, there's two or three things that you really want to yeah. do. And you're like, oh, yeah. I want to do this, but I want to do that. But I really like that number. But when you play certain cards, like with the lower values, often have an extra action you get when you play it. And so you're like, man, I don't really want to have a card that is a two value, but I love that extra action for next round. So if I can make it work, it would be advantageous, but I'm kind of pushing my luck. I really like Gugong. It's fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Like I I played it. I have only sold it um, because my wife stopped playing games with me. How about that? Wait, you already sold this? soloed it oh soloed i thought you said i've only soloed this a a bunch actually i played through it quite a few times solo and i'm like wow this game is good like this is definitely staying in my collection i really enjoyed it a lot yeah i wouldn't say it's i don't know if it's top 50 but maybe Hmm. maybe (laughs) maybe probably not but probably but probably top 100 it's not for me i'm I don't even know if it would be top 100, but it's still that doesn't mean much. It's still a really fun game. I enjoyed it playing Well, this. I'm looking forward to... Aren't they coming back out with that expansion that they released as a Kickstarter? I think, I think that's they right. are. Yeah. And, like, man, I was thinking to myself, like, if they could add a little bit more, I might even like it more because I've played it a decent amount on what we've got going on now. So, anyways, Gugong, if you've never checked that out, you can find that really cheap a lot of times. I feel like I've not... Is that still the case with, with TMG? Well, and- that's what I was going to say. I feel like it's not the case as much anymore. Okay. Uh, I do remember like, like don't, do you remember like being on places? It was like, you know, $20 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, or maybe 30 at the most. But I, I will say that, yeah, with the whole TMG thing, we could, and we won't talk about that today, but looks like you can, it's still, it's going to be like 40 or $50 now, potentially now. Okay. Uh, but I, I think it's still worth that. I would totally, I mean, I would pick it up. I'm going to keep it. Like I really enjoy this one. Yeah. It's a cool game. Speaking of cool games, let's get to our review of Imperium Classics. All right, John, time to talk about Imperium Classics. Imperium Classics. Now, Imperium Classics. Slash Legends. We'll talk about that a little bit, too. Okay, this is a game by Nigel Buckle, and David Searcy actually helped with some of it. And it says his name on the front cover, but um, I think Nigel had originally came out with most of it, right? And David really helped tweak it. Helped kind of wrap it up. I think it was taking a a while to kind of get it to the place of of being fully developed. I think that's right. And I love David's games. So that's honestly, that's one thing that drew me in. The second thing that drew me into this is the Miko did the art, which we'll get to talking about that um, here in a little bit. But in Imperium Classics, you're going to have a civilization. You may be the Macedonians, the Greeks, the Romans, um, the Athenians. Like there's so many different, you actually start with eight different uh, civilizations in the box but there's also imperium legends which we could talk about which is another eight you know so that's kind of cool that there's a lot of opportunity 
for tons of variability in this game. But what you're going to be doing is basically a deck building tableau building game. Right, Dean? You're going to have a hand of cards, and you're going to be playing certain cards into your tableau. You get three actions per turn, and you can either, that's if you're doing a thing called activate, which is basically like laying down three cards or playing a card that gives you something. It may give you a resource or allow you to go break through or activate a row of cards that's for anyone, right? Like Dean could take one of those cards. I could. So there's like, oh, is he going to take that? Am I not going to take that? Um, or you could do a thing called revolt, which would actually you discard your whole hand and you get rid of all of your unrest. And unrest is something you're going to gain in the game probably that's going to clog your deck up and you're going to lose you two points. Or you could, oh, what is that called, Dean? The other action where you discard all your cards and you break through. So you get to pick a card from the middle. Innovate. I believe yep, that's right. Uh, so you can either, you know, start playing cards or innovate or revolt. You'll do most activating mo- uh, 90% of the time. Probably you're going to activate and play different yeah. cards and they're just going to, they're going to play off each other, right? Like you're gonna have cards that you exhaust this to do this. You're going to play a card that allows you to go break through and get this. You have a card that says you're going to gain this many resources. If you have X amount of this symbol in your tableau, I could go on forever, you know, on that kind of thing. Please don't. I'm not, I'm done. Like, that's it. Like <laughs> just, it, the, this game is going to either end, it's going to end, um, there's several ways it could end, and actually, the funny thing is, is whatever civilization you're using could change the ending of the game. Could change like, any rule in yeah, the game. Yeah. It really can. Like, there's certain ones where if this ga- this card gets played, the game ends. Like, okay. Um, but m- for the most part, you're going to look at how many victory points you have, which is based on the cards that you have acquired over the course of the game. Or, um, if the unrest pile gets taken, the game ends immediately. Whoever has the least unrest wins the game. Boom. So if you knew you had the least unrest, you might just want to go ahead. And there's like one or two left. You're like, I'm going to go ahead and take it because I'm going to win the game. That actually was about to happen in our yes, last game. And that would have been devastating for me, probably. Yes, probably. <laughs> I probably could have taken that into the game. Maybe I should have done that. Well, I would have been able to get rid of them. So actually, that could have been devastating. That's for true you. because you still, I think, play one more round. I haven't. That's actually never happened. But in the other... Uh, endings you play one more round i assume that you do there there. yeah oh i don't know you know that maybe not we'll have to go back and look at that but i'll look at the rule book there it could just be like you're done (laughs) yeah that would would have been really bad i should have thought through that you could have you would have won one for sure anyway anyways (laughs) what do you think about the art and components so the art and components mostly we're looking at cards and so we'll talk about the art from the cards from the box this is the miko art and it is amazing it is just fantastic awesome and the cool thing is, so the Miko is one who has done art for the the West Kingdom saga, for the North Sea saga, and this still feels different. Like, you can tell this is Miko art, you know, they look similar, but it still feels very different. The card art on this looks very different than those other two games, I think, with still his, his flair going on, right? So I, mm-hmm. I really, really love the art on the cards and the box. I think both boxes look really cool. They've got the... Not all of the factions, or maybe they are on... Yeah, they are all, all on there. They're not all on the front. You got four factions shown on the front, one on each side, and then one on... Well, yeah, one on yep. each side. So that's a total of eight. If it ends in collapse, it immediately ends and the game is over. You oh. don't even finish your turn. I would have played that out differently in my last yeah. turn. So I think that I could have won that game in like 20 minutes because of how much... We had two factions that didn't have a lot of extra unrest that you add to the pile, and we were taking unrest, both of us more than we usually do wow that's interesting go ahead yeah had i known that i would have gotten rid of it yeah sure but anyway absolutely anyway that's neither here nor there yep so art we both really like that now the 
The, the art's just so good, man. Yeah. So complaints about the 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 rest of the mm -hmm. components. So you have these tokens that show your building material, that show your population, and show the progress tokens, which are victory points at the end of the game. They, they I don't like the look of them. Honestly, yeah. they're like these neon colors that don't seem to fit with the rest of the theme of the game. I told you that it's Bill and Ted. That is the theme. <laughs> you were in the '80s, and you're going back to these different empires and, if and that's you're the taking case, these players. Then I retract my statement. I love the tokens on okay. this game. But I don't think that really is what's going on. So it's I most don't love excellent them. Dean. <laughs> the other thing about those is that you have tokens that show a value one, a value five, and a value ten. Yeah. And they are not they don't look different enough, I think, yeah. especially the five and ten. Like oftentimes I'll go to grab a five token and I grab the ten token. And if you're not aware of it, that can be, you know, Pretty devastating when you're just giving yourself yeah. straight up five resources of a of a type, but but overall I think that the, they're fine. The the insert. Why don't you talk about the insert? Yeah, I mean it, that's what I don't like. So there's positively it's awesome like that all your cards, your different civilizations and stuff have great defined slots and it looks good. But in the middle there's this trough, and you just dump all of your resources and stuff into the trough. And if you set the trough, the box up on its you know side or something, it's there's some of them are going to dump out. That's for sure. Absolutely. And I don't think there's a way. I mean, there's a way, but if you're just using the trough to really bag the things and them not take up too much space to where it doesn't, you have to do what Dean was said on the YouTube video that we recorded earlier that you have to put some underneath. Where the cards Especially because are. this is a game that John and I, and I, I would imagine a lot of people would feel this way, are probably only going to play solo, two-player, maybe three-player. So you don't have to have all the tokens if you're not going to play four players of this. So you can put a bunch of those under the insert and then hopefully bag them up and put them inside the insert and you'd be that's fine. Right. So, that's so right. So potentially that's a fix for it. But overall, the insert's fantastic because it holds the cards in there. They're labeled oh, yeah. really nice at the bottom, which is really nice. I yeah. like that. So yeah. No oh. doubt about it. But the the rest of the art is really good. And I do also, I didn't say, but I do agree with you about the, I don't like the way that the neon isn't, I don't know, I guess I'm not as bothered with that as I am. I don't like the way they have the dots on the cards and they're kind of hard to under, I mean, on the resources and stuff. It can be hard, a little hard to distinguish occasionally. Yeah. It's not hard to distinguish. You just have to do a second. I, I Multiple games, I've grabbed the wrong one real quick or passed the wrong one to the wrong player. And I almost immediately notice it. Yeah. But, yeah. But the gameplay, let's talk about that. Is it is it good? So who cares about the components? I do. You but, do. But who cares about the I gameplay? do care about the art and the art's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Gameplay. This is a game that is I'll go uh three about a three point five in weight when it comes to classics and a three point seven eight when it comes to weight on legends, which is uh Maybe a little daunting for a deck builder. Yeah. Most of the time when I'm thinking of deck builders, I'm thinking of something that might be a little bit lighter. There are mm -hmm. exceptions to that, like um, uh, A Few Acres of Snow, I think is the name of that game. Deck yep. builder that's heavier, other mechanics and things like that. But overall, <sighs> I tend to think of this I want to play that so bad, and I've been thinking of it the whole time we've been talking about doing deck building games. Yeah? Oh, yeah. It's on Yucatan. Well... We played on there. I also have the game, so we can I'm play bummed. it there. I'm really bummed. <laughs> That's honestly. what you were thinking about. I've been no, I've been thinking about it ever since you said let's do our favorite deck building games. I was like, I really want to play a few acres of snow. Oh, this will so not make bad. my that will not make my list. Okay, so it wasn't as good. It's not that great. No, people love it just because I don't 
think it's in my top five. Okay, go ahead. Doesn't mean it's terrible. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just wanted to say how sad I am I haven't played that. <laughs> but it is on the heavier side. So when you're looking at the rule book, you got about two pages of how to play the game and then almost six pages of keywords, which is pretty important that you know all the keywords when you're playing out these cards, mm-hmm. which can make it complex. And actually, when I got this game, I was looking at it, looking at the rule book, and I was like, John, I just can't do it. You're going <laughs> to yeah. have to learn this game. I was already in the process of learning several other games. And so I left it up to John to learn it and teach me. And and I'm thankful that he did because it was pretty daunting from the rule book. Not my favorite rule book. But when you play the game itself, it actually is not super heavy. I mean, it's not super hard to play the game. No, it's well, it's just the keywords is the is the critical piece. Like the rule book, just reading through the beginning the rules is like a couple pages. It's pretty straightforward. But then you have all these keywords in the game. And when you look at the rule book at first, it's daunting because you're like, oh my gosh, there's five and a half pages of keywords. However, every civilization is not going to have all those keywords. It doesn't take that long in the game to go, okay, I've got this. I'm ready to go. I didn't feel like, how about you? Um, I don't feel like I was, I felt like halfway through my first game, I was pretty rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mm, Maybe before. Depending on what faction you play, but yes, I would agree with that. With with the easier factions, absolutely. That's right. And there are some things like that I had to, like acquiring versus breaking through. Like have to go back, okay, if I acquire, can I draw blindly? You know what I mean? Like there were, there's still certain things that even to this day, I will probably play after playing this plenty of times and go, what was that again? And I do have to go back. But it's it's not super frequent, so it doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it's it, it's laid out well on the cards, I think, for the most part. But if you're looking for a easy-to-play tableau deck builder game that you can just get to the table real quick, this isn't that game. It is not. You've got to learn how to play this game. Yeah. You've, it's going to take some time for you to learn it. And I didn't realize how heavy it actually was. Because I watched Rado play it and some people, and it didn't seem that bad. But when I was learning it through the rule book, Dean said, you got this one, John. <laughs> and usually and he doesn't care. He's like, why don't you get this one? And... I was like, okay, this took me a little longer than I expected. But after I, you know, after, again, halfway through my first, I played soloed it the first time. I was like, okay, I pretty much got this. Yeah. Check back occasionally. Um, yeah. So that part of it was cool. Yeah. And it's let fine. Me, let me, I'm going to step into not quite the gameplay yet. We'll get to there in just a second. But one of the things I wanted to mention is that, so John owns Imperial Classics. I own Legends. Legends is more complex. And so mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. recommend if you're gonna if you're interested in this game at all, start with the classics because I feel like it's it helps you understand the rest of the game a little bit better. Yeah. Because they're vastly different in legends. And yeah. I mean they're very different in classics too. Like the, the factions all play out very differently and I, which is a very big positive. Yeah. But it's like these rules don't even really match up with the rest of the game when with some of the like the Arthurians is, plays very different. The Atlanteans plays yeah. very different. Like they they're all you know Yeah, it's like some of them aren't wildly different, but some of them are wildly different. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, and what you like, you have the difficulty level in the back of the box, so you can you can go back and see. Let me play these ones to get ramped up, and then after you've played those, then playing like a four star one isn't so bad because there are some elements that are change that change. But no matter what, there is differences in them. Oh yeah, I mean, there's def- different strategic differences. Here it comes. Uh oh, what are you sneezing? Uh oh, here it goes. Uh-oh. Oh, bless you. Oh yeah. Goodness. Whew. You know you would think. These guys should be more professional and, and just edit that out. 
Uh, heck no. No. You get you get what you get. We're real. We're authentic. Dean is pantsless right now. That's not true. I don't uh, even know why that was a statement. Well, because we just do whatever we want. <laughs> That's not true either. That's it. If you right. keep telling me that I'm lying, my shirt's coming off right now. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. Um, There's a character and he's all that that constantly oh takes a shirt off. Oh my gosh, stop talking about that. Stop <laughs> talking about that. Like Naked Rob? Except for he never actually does it. He doesn't. That's right. He just he just threatens to. <laughs> um, let me. All right. So gameplay. Yeah. All right. So some really cool mechanics in the game. I mean, you really what you're trying to do is you have these civilizations and they are going to point you in a direction to score points. You've got to figure out how to best play those and get the best cars from like the middle area that you can. That everyone is is what is it called? Activating or breaking through for those cards, right? But on top of it, what I think is really fun is that at the end of your turn, you can discard as many cards as you want and you're going to drop to your hand limit. You really want to go through as fast as you can, basically, because when you get to reshuffling your deck after everything's been discarded, you get a new card that comes from your civilization. And those can be pretty powerful. Yeah. And so you're, and also the thing I like about it is you start as a barbaric um, society for everyone, but like maybe one. Alanians maybe don't. They start as an empire. Yeah, start as an empire, and then the Arthurians are only barbarians. Halfway through or three quarters through, it depends on what you know um, civilization you have. You're going to turn into an empire, and so now you can no longer play your barbarian cards. But if you take um, empire cards early, you can't play them. They're just clogging up your deck. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, just that that pull and tug between I really want to keep this card for next round to play it but man I just need to get rid of these I yeah. gotta get rid of them I like that a lot yeah and just the idea in general that you just mentioned that the two layers of deck building the ones that you're purchasing from the middle yeah. and the ones that are coming out from your uh, from your specific deck yes. your, your nation deck I think is what that deck is called that's really interesting another another interesting piece is that there's options in this game to thin your deck out um, in, in, in a lot of different ways. So sometimes, you know, you can get rid of those unrest cards, you returning back to the pile. So they're no oh, longer, yeah. I know what you're saying. they're yeah. no longer in your pool at all. But then there's also options to garrison cards behind usually land cards or always land cards, I guess. Yeah. So you can garrison cards into those cards, which are potentially temporary, temporary mm-hmm. because some of those land cards might come back into your, your deck. And so they're going to come back later but also some of them will go into they your history. Will. Yeah. And if they go into your history, they're going to stay there for the rest of the game. So I like that there's lots of different ways of deck building and also lots of different ways of thinning out your deck. For the most part, it's not permanent. Mm-hmm. Is in like you're not going to lose the points at the end of the game. Yep. And I, I like that. I think that's cool. Yeah, I do too. Like those are just, it's just, those are fun decisions. Yeah. You know, do I go ahead and garrison this? Especially that becomes important as you switch to Empire because you're going to have a lot of cards that are barbarian civilization. Well, you're not, you're no longer that. Yeah. So you got to get those out of your deck or you're going to keep clogging your hand with those cards. And I, I think that's fun. You know, I get a lot of, I do get feels of Imperial Settlers, uh, Empires of the North. Do you, like as someone that loves those games, do you get some of those feels as you're playing this yeah. type of the game? Yeah, I definitely do. I just, the, the way the mechanics work and stuff, to me it seems like, um, and it's not the exact same game, but this is just kind of like a, a more complicated uh, I would, I would maybe, say, I would say elevated, but that's my personal taste. Some of you, some people might say more convoluted um, version of one of those games. Because what happens is, as your tableau is building, as your deck is building, and this is like so many other deck building games too, so not just something like that. Um, but that the turns 
become more and more and more and more and more and more as you're exhausting this and, and, and playing this card, which sets off this card that does this, that does that. And I will say a negative for me is that it, I would never play this with more than two straight up. Don't even ask me is that it can, you can sit there for a long time and it may be because Dean's playing super well and he has all these things that he's got going off and you're just like, but I brought up Imperial Settlers because I do like how um, I think with the middle row of the cards that you're picking from, yes, you flip over a couple cards before the round. That feels more interesting. Imperial Settlers feels like more I've got this one deck and I've got to figure out how to, you know, I get bored with it a little bit faster. You can get new cards into it, but it doesn't feel like as I'm doing it. I feel like I'm doing it more with this game. Hmm. Okay. That's just me. Yeah, it's a per- personal preference yeah. for sure. It is It is different. You know, and, and Imperial Settlers is not a deck building game. No, in that, it's a tableau building game. Yeah, it's a, but it gets those filled because it feels yeah, because, of because that. You, and also it can be deck construction if that's you know something that's, Some that's it, interesting. Yeah. But but yeah, you're absolutely right. I think in in the sense that the way that you're the way that you're gaining cards, you actually have more control over it because you do. it's and, and usually that's kind of a sign of it's not as much of a random deck builders draw. anyway, yeah. right? Like you know what you're putting in there as opposed to here's what you got, just try to figure it out. Yeah. Some games do a hybrid of that, like a Arnak or something like that. But yep. um I like the the thematic nature of it. It it let me say that. So like each faction we talked about this feels very different. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, you know, this the Macedonians really are trying to accumulate a lot of land and you have, you know, the Arthurians that are going on quest. And Shoot. Do you feel thematic as you're playing the game? I do in that sense. It's not like all the cards that you have feel super thematic, but the, kind of the overall feel of how you should be playing that different yeah. faction feel. I think, yeah, I think so. I think it feels thematic. I wouldn't say that I feel really thematic unless I kind of make it, but it's not hard to make it. Yeah. Like if I'm sitting back thinking of, oh yeah, I'm building, I've got a new forest that I've taken over and you know, I've got this car that does it. I, I, yeah. You can, you can make it because they have, I mean, they have like historical characters and stuff on there. Yeah. And sometimes like if I'm, you know, I play a card that says, you know, destroy one of, one of John's buildings or whatever, then I, I literally set that card on fire just for a little more thematic nature of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, we have to buy a lot of copies of this game for that sake. Like I'm just <laughs> constantly destroying cards in this game just to make it more thematic. Oh, you're not supposed to do that? No, you're not. You're not. We punching each other. There's all kinds of things that we do to make this game feel more like we're conquesting, right? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, um, that's that's pretty good. Like, I, I, I'll go back and just reiterate that I, I like... I'm just going to do my final thoughts. Okay. Go okay. for it. I, I like the way that the cards play in the game and the pool of discarding. Should I discard it or not? And I like the, the, the middle part of the board where... Um, the offer I could call it for what cards that you could get and whether I should acquire it or uh, and have to pick up an unrest or maybe I should spend more resources to break through for it. So I don't have to pick up that unrest card. You know, D- Dean mentioned the garrisoning. Like there's a lot of fun mechanics in this game. A lot of cool mechanics. I really like this game. It's a really fun game. Um, except for it gets th- that turn thing that turns me off a little bit towards especially towards the end of the game whenever i'm just sitting there i've already got my cards in my hand i've already decided what i'm doing next round and i'm just waiting that's why i could never sit i could never play this with three or four i think you would have to wait 15 minutes sometimes in between turns and i would be like oh yeah "Uh," because i already get some of those and that is that is not great and then i know dean's going to mention um the game length probably 
and we'll, I'll let him talk about that. But let me just say this without spilling any more beans. Besides, I'm ready for the game to be over when it's over. I really like a game where I don't want it to be over. Where I'm just like, oh man, it's already over, you know, or something like I love that in games. Sure. I don't like a game where I'm like, okay, I'm kind of done with this now. And I felt like that. Those are two negatives and a bunch of other positives. Eight and a half out of ten is going to be my score. I'm usually willing to play it. I mean, eight out of ten. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we literally just did a no, video. And he gave did. me a really weird look. Straight up eight out of ten. I have no idea why I said eight and a half. Um, eight out of ten. Straight up. I'm usually willing to play it, which is seven. I also will recommend it, which is eight, but I'm not always going to recommend it. Um, it's a solid eight out of ten game. I like it. Yeah. Good job. Osprey yeah. Games. Osprey Games puts out is putting out some really good stuff. Yeah, I haven't said my negatives yet, and and John just mentioned one of them. That is the length of the game. I don't mm -hmm. mind. There's lots of games that I play where it's like you're taking a really long time to get back to my turn. In this game, I don't. It doesn't bother me. Because mm -hmm. I'm also thinking about what I can be doing on my turn, and you should be, so that your turn would move a little bit faster. Yeah. The length of the game, though, I'm with you. Like the, I often feel like, okay, I'm ready for this to be over with. In a in a two player game, I think the shortest game that we had was a little over an hour, if I remember mm -hmm. that right. And actually, that last game could have potentially lasted 20 minutes had that you know we taken all the unrest. So part of that depends on factions. It depends on how good you are at the game, right? Mm -hmm. You might be able to take a lot more actions on your turn or do a lot more on your turn. So all that depends, but I know this game can take two hours. You know, it can take longer than two hours. Sure. Even, yep. even in a two-player game, it can take that long, and that's that's a bit much. And so that's that's a negative for me for sure. Yeah, so let me I'll just address that real quick or add on or whatever. I've heard a lot of negative comments about how long the game is. Um, some people some people are going to love that part about it, right? Like, man, this is immersive. This has, this feels like a big civilization game. I want a game that plays two and a half, three hours. I'm going to love it. Um, but I have heard people complain and go, it's just it's a little too long. I want to say a positives and a negative. I have had those feelings most of the time like I'm ready for it to be over. On the positive side, though, Dean and I's last game we played was an hour and 10 minutes. Like, it wasn't this two, two and a half hour long game. I do think the more you play it with people who know what they're doing, it's probably more like an hour to an hour and a half game. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to look at what the box says here. 40 minutes per player is exactly right. Like, that's, I, I think that's right. Mm -hmm. um, especially when you start learning the factions or civilizations and knowing, you know, what the strategic elements are to that. So, I don't know if it's as long as. Some people who maybe haven't played it as much say it is. But even at like that hour and a half, it's it's feeling like a little bit much for me in my life right now. I told sure. you, I'm, I'm getting less and less into these really long games. Yeah. I just don't have as much time. So another negative for me is that, and this is a personal, this is a personal feeling about how the game plays out. When I'm when I'm doing stuff, it feels really cool. Like the gameplay itself, I absolutely love. I love how the cards play together. I love what I'm doing, all of that. But then when it comes to like who's going to win this game and how many points do you have at the end of the game, I have mm -hmm. no idea what John has in you know in his point pile. Like really, I might have it's some true. ideas from the what are those purple cards called? The tributaries. The no 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 the purple ones. The yeah tributaries are the blue ones, right? What purple ones? The purple ones that the are flag? like the victory point ones. No, no, no. Oh, the, oh my bad, my bad. I'm ones. sorry. Those are it's kind of like a royal blue or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> I can tell because glory, I might. Be I know to, there's like a glory card that helps you get them. But I don't think they're glory. Anyways, whatever. That might be right. But 
I can sometimes tell from those cards if John got, you know, an 11-point card that just went to his deck. So I can have an idea. But overall, I don't really have that much of an idea. And honestly, I don't really have much of an idea what I have in my, you know, point pile. I, I, I don't. And that feeling of, like, that lack of control feeling in the game is something that I don't particularly enjoy. But that's a me thing because I think somebody who plays this game much better than me will have a much better idea of how many points that they have. And they're they're going for a strategy yeah. of like like the one I just played in the, the video that we did. I was playing with the Macedonians. I needed to accumulate a lot of land cards so that I could gain points that way. Well, I could have an idea how many points I have there. But from the other cards, I don't necessarily know. And I don't love that. I, I wish I had a better grasp of how many points that we have. I think that's going to be personal preference, don't you? And it's absolutely. It yeah. is, it, here's the thing. Some people are going to really like that mystery of man, and I, I kind of like it. I'm not. I'm not as against it as as Dean is, but I I do understand what he's saying. Most deck builders sure. are that way. Most yeah. most games where you're gaining victory points in deck building games, Dominion's a good example of that. Yeah. You just you're going to have to count all the you know. Although in Dominion you have a better idea. Legendary Marvel Legendary is a good example. You, where you might not have idea. as yeah. good of an idea if you're not just playing cooperative. But anyway, yep. that's a personal thing for me. I still really enjoy this game. I'm going to give this one an eight, just like John. I think okay. this is a, it's really well done. It is. You can tell that Nigel put a lot of love and care into this yeah. game. And I, and I think it took him a while. I can't imagine not taking because of all the factions that are in this game and yeah. how they play so thematically and so differently. Well done. You know, yeah. like, this is, this is a really fun one. I'm going to hold on to this one and, and probably solo this a lot. And, and get a lot of two players, hopefully. There you go. So anyway, that's an eight from John, eight from me. Let's get on to our top five deck building games. It is time for our top five deck building top games. Top five deck builders of all time. Hey, John, have we ever done this list before? No. No. No, we have not. You've mentioned it multiple times, and here's why. And I'll just go ahead and give you my caveat. I haven't played a ton of pure deck building games. So I want Meeple Town to know that I almost feel like inadequate to do this. But we did, we just did Imperium Classics, which I think this is good. So I, mine, I'm going to have some that aren't pure deck builders. But they're going to have deck building as a very important part of the game. Okay. Let me say that. Um, and I've even cast some out that... People might say, well, that's got as much deck building as this. I don't know. I'm just doing my best with what I have. Like, so Dean's you, played you, a lot, right? You kind of thinned out your deck is what you're that's saying. That's it. I've got a thinned out deck right now. And so you can take my com my top list with a grain of salt. I'm already saying my list is not my favorite. <laughs> I was not excited. I like the games that I'm that are on here for the most part. But I what? Just, for the most part? Is there a game that you don't like on your list? No, I like all the games. But, okay. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I and our list probably going to be a little bit different. And here's the thing: saying a game is a deck building game is kind of difficult because at this yeah. point, you know, everyone knows that Arnak made my I think number eleven on my top fifty. You're not putting list. that on this. I'm not because I'm I'm trying to be full on like more pure deck building in this, but I'm not faulting. Like for example, Clank and and Quest for Eldorado did not make my list, but I do like them better than probably my last two games on the list. Same for you. Arnak, but only because they didn't make it because there's other things about that game that I like. Gotcha. You know? Okay. So anyway, I'm going pure deck building game is uh, yeah. For all these, I think. Okay. I'm not, but just because I can't. 
Okay. I mean, I could come up with five, but I would get to some games I just don't like, and I'm like, yeah, I'm selecting this. So um, I'm going first, right? Go for it. You know what? Let's just uh, – this was really hard. This number five was hard. I'm going to go ahead and do Imperium Classics, the game we just played. What's wrong with that? You no, I like it. Here. I d- here's the thing. When I do a top five, I generally want to be like gung-ho, like, yeah, this is so good. This is a good, solid game. We just talked about it. I don't need to talk about you it You gave anymore. it an eight, almost eight and a half. It's a good, solid game. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. I'm just what I'm going to say is this: If you love deck building games and tableau building games, you got to check it out. It's great. If you are unsure, to me, usually where I, with my eights, it depends on how big of a collection you want to have. It's still borderline, right? I can't tell someone you have to check this out. This is amazing. Go buy it now. I'm going to say, hmm, check this out. This out. This out. I think you probably should try it out. It's a pretty darn good game. And I would recommend buying it. Yeah. But I'm not like, Hoo-ah! still like it a lot, though. Imperium was right there in the mix of all of these yeah. for me. It's mine a really are, good game. Mine are actually all pretty classic games at this point, probably. Okay. So my number five is a game that you said you have not played. This is Marvel Legendary. Yeah, we just yeah, never have, played it. Right. Okay, so this game is a cooperative or potentially semi-cooperative, however you decide that you want to play it. You're going to be drafting different Marvel characters and trying to defeat the baddie and and like mess That's up right your, your scheme alley, and all of that. This is right. uh, this is a game that my wife and I have played this a ton, a yeah. ton, a ton. Not as much as Jonathan. I think he's played this game. Oof, he'll comment at, in somewhere in this, but I think Jonathan's played this like over a thousand times or something like that. He's played it a bunch. I just really like this game. There's a lot of expansion stuff for this, and I have a lot of the expansion stuff. Not everything, but I have a decent amount. I actually kind of prefer villains. I just think it's a cooler... There's some cooler mechanisms going on. The base game of this is actually a pretty simple game. Like You often just want to get the character that costs the most, and then you're defeating the baddies in the middle and and beating the mastermind. Yep. That's it. That's it. Fun All right. game. That's it. Number five. Marvel Legendary. Marvel Legendaries. All right. So my number four is going to be one of those ones that isn't just straight up pure deck building. A game that I hadn't played in a while. Almost, I, I was playing it to see if I should sell it. It's a Fister game. It's Blackout Hong Kong. Um, but the thing about Blackout Hong Kong is this. It is a ton about the way you build your deck. Like, you're going to roll some dice at first. And it's going to tell you what resources are available if you play a red card, then you're going to get you know the resource that corresponds to the red die or whatever. So the way that you are building your deck is absolutely mission critical in this game. It's not the whole thing. You can go out and do search search for things out on the board and stuff, but I still think it's a hugely um, important piece to this. And this game is good. This game is underrated. I think, this is my opinion, it's underrated, obviously, <laughs> whatever. I... I feel like almost because of the way the board looks, it really turns some people off. I think it's fine, but it doesn't. It's that black, dark look and stuff like that. It doesn't look super exciting. I think if I think just going back and look at this game mechanically and how the way the cards play and like you have four rows or three rows of card, four rows. Oh my gosh! I know you can unlock it one. Maybe it unlocks to five. I can't remember. That's terrible. I just played several rounds of this the other day. Um, it's it's a game where like after you play your cards when you Went, went, go to pick your cards back up into your hand. If you want to, you have to pick up like the row that has the most cards. So like the way that you're laying your cards out is critically important. Um, and the way you get cards can be critically important. You might have to have like two colors in this row and, a, uh, and two blues and a yellow in one row. And so you have to play that correctly. 
And if you're not careful, you build that, and that's the longest row. And then if you need to pick cards up, you're going to have to pick it up. So a lot of pre-planning and a lot of feeling clever in this game. And it's a great game. Blackout Hong Kong, I'm solid on saying that, number four. Okay, never played that one, but... Uh, I think you would like that one, Dean. Maybe so. I, when I was playing it, I was like, I think Dean would like this. Maybe so. Since you put that on your list, I have a sneaky suspicion of another game that you might have on your list, mm-hmm. potentially. We'll see. My number four is a two-player only, well, kind of, a two-player only like with the base game of this, but if you buy multiple copies, you can play different scenarios and play up to six players, I believe. That is Star Realms. Have you played Star Realms before? Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah it was one of those that... I thought about for sure. It was on a shorter list for me. Yeah, Star Realms is really cool. So if John and I are playing, we're battling it out. He has his, um, he has his health tracker, and I'm just trying to knock him down to zero. Yep. I've played this game. I, I used to own this game, and I got rid of it mainly because not because I didn't like it. I actually still really liked it. It was just I was only playing on the app. I played the yeah. app. I played the app lot, more too. A whole lot, and I just wasn't playing the physical copy very often. But I've actually wanted to get this or Hero Realms, which was a... I've never actually played Hero Realms, but it's the same idea, but more in a fantasy setting, mm-hmm. which which draws me in a little bit more. Really enjoyed my games of this, and, and you can actually... At least you could. I'm, it's been a while since I've played it, but you could get the app for this for free at one time. At least the main game of it. And I, I recommend I've that because it. it's, it's a lot of fun. Yep. Small box game, too. It's nice. Really small box. I had it. Uh, my wife didn't like it. She doesn't really like attacky games. I'm mean, just straight up. I mean, that's what you're doing in this game. Who you're likes blasting tacky each games? Other. Attacky oh, I games. Okay. <laughs> the game's a little attacky. It's all attacky. Yeah. So I ended up selling it because I was playing it on my phone more as well. And it's a good game. I like it. Good choice. We should play this one together. I'm on good with that. The internets. Okay. My number three is a game that I'm going to guess is really high on Dean's list. And I won't talk about it. Unless he shakes his head and says it's not on his list, but I know it has to be. That's Baseball Highlights 2045. Oh, I thought you weren't going to say the name of it. It is on my list, yes. Okay. Well, then I'm going to... Sorry, I shouldn't have. Sorry. Hold off on that one. All right. That's it. My number three. My number three is a game... I don't know if you've played this one. We did a... I did a review of this a couple years ago. Aeon's End. I didn't do the base game. I did. Yeah, I've the, never played that. I've, I want to, though. I wouldn't mind playing it. Yeah, so in this one, it is, again, uh, pretty straight up... Uh, straight up deck building where you are trying to attack the monster. You are playing this cooperatively together. We are trying to defeat this monster. And I really like it. One really interesting mechanism of this game is you have these different slots where you, um, you're, where you have to open your breaches to be able to, <laughs> that sounded a little worse than I meant it to. Hey man, I'm going to open my breaches. <laughs> I bent over the other day and I opened my breaches. Uh, yikes. Okay. So anyway, you do that so that you can get your spells, and your spells are delayed. So it's not like I'm just going to cast. I took a this. spell and I opened my breaches the other day. Oh my goodness! And I tell you what, I cast out. <laughs> so it's a little bit delayed. Uh, Ryan Fournier, who's a listener to the show and a friend of mine, uh, introduced me to this, and I'm really glad he did. This is a, a fantastic game. I love it. There's a ton of expansion content out there. It feels thematic, but also like with the expansion content, there's a lot of campaign stuff that's even more thematic I, yeah it's really well done the whole system is love it a lot strength 61 overall too that's pretty high all right yeah actually you know what you're gonna make me look up what my next game is ranked overall i didn't say any of the other ones so far star realms is 123 marvel legendary is 187 let's see what so this, pretty high my games are all actually all of them are really high except my last what's one. imperium classics can you look up that for me 
Blackout Hong Kong is 474 overall. I don't think so. I don't want to do that. Can you do that for me? I will. Thank you. My number two is 10 overall. Now, I hesitated with this one because there's more to it than just building decks. Right, Dean? It's a big part of it, though. But it's Great Western Trail. It's 1019 a, so it's, is Imperial Classics. It's, okay. it's new. That's though. actually pretty good for, yeah. for just coming out. Yeah. But the deck building part is critically important in this game because as you're moving down the trail to the worker placement spots, you got to play cards and you got to play the right card to be able to set off actions or to help actions be better and different things like that. Um, so you have to build your deck right. And a big part of Great Western Trail is thinning your deck to getting the cards you need to get to be the most, um, oh my gosh, efficient. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word. Efficient at going down your trail. And then at the end of the trail, you have to give off, you give certain cards, and basically the more the better on that scenario. So getting the cards that are of higher value really matters in the game because it helps you to go further down the track. So you're building, so the deck building part is really important. Now, it isn't like some other games, like, hey, if you get this card, then it allows you to do this and that and that. Yes, it can you know, let you go to a different spot and do bonuses, but they're just kind of numbers, right? I got a Jersey cow, or I got a four-value cow. I hesitated, but this game is so good, and the deck building is fun, and I haven't played just tons and tons of deck building games that I'm jacked up about. So I am going to put it as number two. I like this game a lot. It's a good pick, John. I, th- I think the deck building is important in this game. It's really important in the game. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I would. There's several of those, again, that I would have considered if I was trying to broaden. My, honestly, I kept it more pure to make it easier on myself because mm. I, I really, if I just opened it up, mm, I, I think it would be more interesting doing it this way too. But anyway, there you go. For me. All right, my number two is... Is it my number John's one? John's number one. So let's just talk about it. And th- to me... So I know what your number one is now. Okay. Dominion. Yeah, I mean... Is my number two and your number one. Yeah, right? it's... Dominion is... is When you think of deck building games, I would say a lot of percent of people immediately think the word Dominion. Agree or disagree with that statement? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> And there's four good reason. It's just a straight up deck building, classic, glorious game. Yeah. Done. Yeah. And this is, for me, I get this one played more than any of the other ones. Well, yeah, probably. My wife and I really enjoy this at a two-player game. Yeah. And and there's people that are like, you know, going the heavy gold strategy and all that. Honestly, I like to explore. I like I to do explore too. different options of getting points and I do too. I, I'm not very good at this game for that reason, but I still I just I love it. And I love I the agree. the variety in this game. I don't have all the expansion stuff, probably half of it, maybe yeah. at, at most half of it. And it's it's uh, there's so much variety there. I don't really need anything else, although I've heard the newer expansions are actually pretty fantastic. So Yeah, and this is one I'm just to be frank would be on the bottom of this list if I'm just going to my favorite games to play on the list. But I just I had to put it as number one because it's just, it's the game. And you I really do game? enjoy, no, I really do enjoy Dominion. Okay. My number one is John, was John's number three. It's like an eight-ish for me. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of like where that was with Imperium Classics. Um, But, you know, one thing that could in- enhance Dominion for me is me getting more and more expansions and stuff. Oh, 100% Yeah, will. and I just yeah. haven't. I haven't played a, a ton. I've played regular Dominion and Intrigue. Yeah. And maybe that's the mostly. So getting more and more might make me go, man, I really just really love this. But 
Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, I get that. So you said your number three was baseball highlights. Is yes. that right? My number one is baseball highlights. Actually, I got to play this the other day with my with my nine-year-old. And we played two games, and he beat me both of those games. <laughs> and and then we played a third, and I Seriously? finally won. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And I just taught him. Was, was he the first playing time he well? Ever I mean, like, purposefully? Yeah. Or was uh-huh. it just... Okay. I had to help him with some things, like yeah. a little bit of the strategy, but overall he grasped it pretty well. Okay. He's really into baseball right now, and, which is why he was wanting to play this. Makes sense. And so, like, he's he's kind of understanding. Actually, this game kind of helps with learning the rules of baseball, too. Even if you're not a baseball fan, I think you can yeah. still enjoy this game. But the deck building comes in between the games. So you start off with different decks. Like, I have a team. Let's say I'm Detroit, and my son is St. Louis. I think that's mm-hmm. who we were playing with the other night. So mine is going to be slightly different than his, but then you're as you're playing these cards, they're doing different things. But at the end of that mini game, you're going to add up the value of the buy power on there, and then you can buy cards from the middle. And the cool thing is, if you buy a card from the middle, then you're going to send a card from your hand or from your, uh, uh, yeah, from your hand down to the miners. And, yeah. and so I, I think that's really clever. You're only ever going to have 15 cards in your deck but it's going to radically change as you play more and more games. And so if you play in a tournament and you can do this however you want to, usually I love playing it in tournament style. And, and really like that's by far my favorite way to play this. Yeah. You can, you know, like have a totally different team by the, by the time you're done. Probably do. And, and I think usually when we do it, when we get to the world series, uh, when we get to like the, the finals game, you don't do any more deck building at that point. You're just playing games with the deck that you have and do yeah. like a best of five or something like that. Yep. So fun. But you've not played this in tournament style. No, I just played it in, honestly, mostly on the app. Mm. You know, I bought the game and I, I we mentioned this on the podcast and I didn't realize that I didn't think about, I got rid of it only because my wife didn't like it at all. And I thought my dad would enjoy it, but it was a little too much for yeah. him um he thought it was okay but it was a little too much for him thought one of my sons might like it like yours but man nah, wasn't really that interested because my kids just don't really like board games that much uh so i sold it but i guess i should have kept it so we could play tournament style but I, you know it's probably one of those things dean where we say hey, yeah we're gonna play that and we never will i mean i do i play it every year i do a tournament every year i'm talking usually. about together oh i got you i got you maybe if we did meeple town con so I told uh, Philip Millman, many of you know who that is, who is the, the three-time world champion of baseball highlights. And I told him that my son beat me, and he, my son thought that was really cool. He was excited about that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, there we go. There we go. That's it. That that's, is our list. Our top it. five deck builders finally did it. I've been asking John for two years now, plus, ever since we started the he podcast. Has. And he said, no, I refuse. Yeah, I mean, just being real, man. It's just been one of those things where I'm just not as excited. Yeah. Because I just, I don't, I, I want to play more. Oh, I mean, you know what? I just started playing Ascension on my phone, and I really am having fun with it. There we go. So that could actually probably. Yeah, it could. Much. Like, it, and it's straight up deck building. I'm really liking it, except for it's pretty simple. And so, reason obvious, number one, I'm never going to play put a game on there I played one time. But Maybe it gets old a little bit. Eminent Domain was kind of like that for me. Like I really liked it when I first started playing it, but it kind of got old to me, which is a good one. I mean, sure. that's a, that would be another one that you know I had on a on a short list. Um, do you have any other like honorable mentions you want to say really really quick? The ones that I mentioned that were those hybrid games, I guess, would yeah. be more so on that list. But I did have Lewis and Clark is pretty good. Uh, T- Taverns of oh. Tiefenthal is pretty good. Yeah, Lewis and Clark would have been a good pick. Yeah, Dune Imperium was one that I I consider Dune Imperium more than Arnak. 
just because it feels more deck buildery to me. I don't know. Mm. Some people don't feel that way. Uh, the Harry Potter game probably would have been my number six. The Battle I thought I'd do Hogwarts. Uh, but my my wife and I really really enjoy the Harry Potter one. And yeah, I think that was it. That was it for like the honorable mentions. But most of them had to do with it adds this extra element. I think El Dorado, the quest for El Dorado really probably should have made my list because it is more pure deck builder than anything else. It's mm. just you're moving on the track, but everything is is based on what you have with your cards. So There you go. Anyway, a lot of fun. Hey, before we go on to closing this episode out, John, why don't you briefly mention, I don't know who's sticking around for this part of the episode, but Beth, Beth Sobel yeah. has a Kickstarter. Okay, so first of all, we're getting paid nothing or have not even been requested to say anything about this. Yeah. So um, Beth Sobel has beautiful art like i think you know if you've played board games you've probably seen her art on on something what do you say dean uh there's just so many good games i I could i'm not going to go through naming them all but she is designed she's been working for years on a deck of cards just like a regular deck of cards that she's called river and stone and wow the art is fantastic in this isn't it dean oh yeah look it's beautiful and it's like 15 bucks here for a deck of just absolutely it's like it's like so nice that I would be like, man, should I even play with these? Uh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, you might want to pick up a couple decks of this. Uh, yes, legit. And then if you do that, it gets cheaper. Uh, 28 bucks for a couple decks. I like thought about, like, maybe I should buy a deck and a cards and place some of the art into a frame, you know, and like hang it up in my wall of my room that has all my board games, you know, or something like that. Like, I think that could look sick, <laughs> like really good. Um, but anyway, I just want to tell you, like, if you just, for... Um, you know, not spend a ton of money and you want a deck of cards that's incredible. These look so cool. I don't know. You can actually, did you mention this? You can actually buy the uncut sheet. Did you say that? Sorry. No. So if you did want to frame that, you can buy an uncut sheet of, oh. of all of those cards for $26 plus $10 shipping. Um, because obviously that's going to be a bigger, <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, a bigger thing that you you have to ship out. But anyway, that would be interesting if you're, you know, have a game room and you want to hang up some cards that that's actually would be really cool. That is right. Wow. Okay. This just when did this? This just went on Kickstarter an hour ago, and it's already been funded. That's, I I helped with that. How? <laughs> By backing it. Oh, you just backed yeah, it. Yeah, I'm I'm backing the 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 deck. That's it's just over one ten thousand dollars. Wow. That's just you've you've played games with Beth. Is that right, Dean? Or been on a chat something? Uh, we just know each other through uh, Facebook couple. and that sort of thing. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems like a really wonderful person. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's that's what makes it even more. It seems what makes it more even more exciting, and why we want to make sure that we share this. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. So anyway, check that out. Now we can close it out. John, tell people how they can get in touch with us. All right, we would love for you to rate uh, Meeple Town. Just get some more ratings on iTunes or wherever you're listening. That would be fantastic. If you'd like to support what we're doing, like old Brand Dizzle did you can go to meepletown oh patreon.com slash meepletown we're at meepletown games on facebook instagram and twitter and we're board game geek guild 3407 thanks for coming down to meepletown dean i hate to admit this man but crocs are kind of a thing right now i mean like i i, I know i've been telling you this dude i'm, I'm I, I've been looking at like young people and stuff and like crazy Crocs, like, right. Like, I mean, yeah, you can get like the straight up, I got a blue pair or whatever, but like tie dye pairs and like different, like, this is like a thing I watched. I read a whole article of designer Crocs, like high heel Crocs and stuff like that. Have I showed you that? I don't want to see that. 
Dude, I had, there's one I that like had, Crocs, but had mushrooms growing up. Like it was tie-dye and had shrooms like growing up on the toes. Okay. Like, could you do something? Send that article to Johnny Pack. He would have... No, Johnny Pack would... I, maybe I saw... I probably saw it because Johnny probably posted it Oh, somewhere. okay. That makes sense. But I'm like looking at all these people. And I, I, there's um, a young lady that hangs out in our office, uh, my friend's daughter. And like, I noticed she had Crocs on. Like, I'm like, dude, are these coming? I think Crocs... I just don't get it. We've I think they're this. hideous and I can't understand. And like, I think it's fun. I just can't, I cannot stylistically wrap my mind around ever wanting to wear a pair of those. They're so comfortable. But it's style too, though. <laughs> and pe- I'm saying people like the style. No, I get that. But I'm saying like, that's why you would want to wear them too, because they're comfortable. But also, John, you need to, okay, that's one area you're admitting that I was right and you were wrong. Whoa, because I told whoa. you, I told you they were coming back and you said, no, they're not. I thought that was the white New Balance. It was both of them. Okay. I said both of them. You're right that they, I've seen more people wear them than I used to. So Again, I want to hear. I just can't. You were right and I was wrong. That's what I want you to say. You were partially right and I was partially wrong. <laughs> <It's like> partially <laughs> right. Fully right.